Um, if you would turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2 says this. So put away all malice. Put away some of your versions that will say get rid of all malice. Malice is uh, hatefulness. How many have ever had any hatefulness in you? I'm glad we got so many honest people this morning. This is all things that uh, Peter has written to the church to help us get rid of for a certain reason, right? Just put away or get rid of all malice and all deceit. How many have ever had deceit? You've been deceiving in some way, and sometimes it's real minor ways we're deceitful, right? Sometimes we're deceitful to ourselves. But the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. So put away all hatefulness or malice, all deceit. Get rid of hypocrisy, he says here. I thought there were only two kinds of people, the hypocrite and the real Christians. And we like to think that way, don't we? Compartmentalize that there's the hypocrite and there's the Christian, and of course, I'm the Christian, right? But he's warning us to get rid of these things. Like there is a desire every day to see these things removed from the Christian's life. So in order for this to be applicable to us, the scripture that I'm going to read after it and before it, we have to admit that we have some of these things. And that every day we're trying to work on these things and and root them out of our life. So get rid of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, and envy. Oh no. I didn't know that the real Christians did that ever and we shouldn't. He's telling us this is something we need to get rid of. And all slander. Ooh. You mean some Christians have said things about people that wasn't flattering for people to hear about that person? Of course we do. And it says, be like newborn infants and desire pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Hear that. Get rid of all these things in your life, hypocrisy, malice, deceit, all these things, get rid of it. Be like a baby and desire spiritual milk so you'll grow up in your salvation. Then he goes on. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So if you're one of those people that have tasted the Lord is good... You're going to want more of God. And in order to get more of God, you've got to get rid of some of these things that are by... um, He's he's saying that these things are holding you back. These things that are in your life are holding you back. Remove them. And if you've tasted the Lord is good, if you're one of those people that has tasted the Lord is good, then desire this spiritual milk so you'll grow. As you come to Him... And then it kind of defines him. He was the living stone that was rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves like living stones, so you're like him, the one that was rejected by men, 
but precious to God, right? You, like living stones, are being built up into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for it stands in Scripture, Behold, he's saying Scripture spoke about you. Did you notice that he said, rejected by men, but you're unique, you're special, you're a priesthood, you're holy to God, you're special, you're important. It's critical who you are. Rejected by men, but precious to God. And he says, like the scripture says, behold, I am a laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious. And whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe. For those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word and they are destined to do so. But you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people whose God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellency of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do you see that? You're called out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you were, uh, had not received mercy, but now you've received mercy. Beloved, now listen, this is the capstone to what he's saying. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles or aliens, basically, to abstain from the passions of your flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of his visitation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, speak your word, Lord. Hide me and speak your word. Father, give them ears to hear and the strength to accomplish it, Lord. In your name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord. The title of my sermon is Chameleon. Chameleon, what a strange title. I love strange titles. How many have ever seen a chameleon? Everybody know what a chameleon is? It's this little lizard... And wherever this little lizard goes, he has the ability to change himself into the same color as his surroundings. He can change his color to a lot of different variety, and he can do it in 0.007 of a second. He can immediately change the color of his skin for lots of different reasons. And... I want to talk about this animal today. Now, the name is really interesting. Actually, I had her leave this up here. Um, You know, in the song there, that lyric, it says, um, and that's why I wanted to leave up. I don't remember remember lyrics very well. But it talked about the lion um, coming through us. You know, that the boldness of the lion of the tribe of Judah coming through us to the world around us. And the Bible says that the righteous are as bold as a lion in Proverbs. And it says, the wicked are not so. It said, they run and they're not even being chased. They don't have that same boldness. They're not like a lion. Well, chameleon, 
is interesting. If you look this word up, the last part of the word is leon, which is L-E-O-N, which is the word lion. And the first part of that word, uh, Camille, is actually a word that means from the ground. It means um, something that comes from the earth. Uh, uh, even carnal in the Bible was the same word. So you have this lion that's from the ground. This little ground lion, this little carnal lion. And I want you to look how ferocious this little lion is. He's in the woods and a predator comes by and his defense is this. I'm going to look just like my background. I'm going to stay completely quiet. And I'm going to blend in. What a ferocious little lion. He's got a very appropriate name here, doesn't he? The ground lion, the carnal lion, the earth lion. He just doesn't do anything. And usually he's never detected. And he'll sit there and he'll sit there. And if he's detected, he'll puff up really big. And then that's about all I do. Because they say he can't run very fast. Some Christians are that kind of lion. And Paul, our Peter here, is calling us to not be a ground lion. He's talking to us, he wants us to be a lion. And something amazing about the chameleon, and I'm going to speak to gamers here for a minute. Can I do that? I know I have a few gamers in here. And you say, well, man, should I admit that at church? How many have ever had the cloaking device? You got a cloaking device device and you're like oh man this is so great for battle and some of you that aren't gamers the you could play some of these video games and and war games on video games and you'll have a cloaking device and man you'll be walking through a room and your buddy will be standing there like a chameleon nobody's in this room and then like dude i had a cloaking device means he was completely hidden and he just took you out because he had a cloaking device. And while a cloaking device is really good in video games and battle, cloaking device is really overrated when it comes to life. Think about it. You say, oh, it would be so cool, man, to have a cloaking device. But the only thing a cloaking device would do for you in real life is to spy on people. To maybe, uh, there's no good thing that's coming out of this cloaking device except for a battle, right? It's like, well, I could see what my family's doing all the time and they wouldn't know I was there and, and I could, uh, man, I would know what people were doing and, and I would know what people were doing and there's not a whole lot I can do. Well, here's the problem because some of you are chameleons when it comes to being a Christian you have this cloaking device on all the time. And so you are there, you're watching the people at work, and you're cloaked. You're sitting at the lunch table, and it's like you're not even there. You're watching life going in front of you. Your kids are going through their life, and it's like nobody's there. 
like, this is cool. I've got a cloaking device. You're at church, man, and it's like, I'm blending right in. No, nobody even knows I'm here. And see, here's the problem. The revival that God wants to do through you, the lion that is bold, the lion that he wants to use to change the world is cloaked. You're like the ground lion who just blends in with his background and Jesus says, how can I ever use you? How can I ever roar through you when you're so busy hiding? And God wants us to be bold. God wants us to stand out. God, you ever notice the thing about a chameleon is he blends in everywhere. And so many times as a church, we want to blend in. We want to be the same as everybody. And we don't celebrate the distinction that we have as Christians. Do you know that the Bible says, in fact, this message is about um, holiness. And when you hear the word holiness or separation or sanctification, sometimes we get a picture of something that we shouldn't have. The picture's been distorted by people that called themselves holiness people or people that called themselves something that maybe they weren't necessarily um, living for God. But here's what it means in the Bible. The Bible means you're separated for God. You're set apart for God. In fact, the Bible says that God is holy. And he said we are to be holy because God is holy. That means that we're to live our life separate, set apart, different. You say, well, man, I don't know about that. I want to blend, man. I'm going to really win the world if I blend. If I blend in what they're doing, if our church is able to blend with the culture. If we can be a chameleon church, we won't stand out and they'll say, hey man, they're just like us. And see, God's calling us against that. God's calling us to actually stand out. The things that are unique about our appearance is the thing that identifies us as being God's. God's people, did you notice he said, you are God's people. You're a chosen priesthood. You're a special group of people that I'm going to set aside to be different than the world. And the Bible says that God's eyes go to and fro on the earth looking for these kind of people. In fact, this morning, do you know that God's eyes were looking to and fro for people that were had those markings of being set aside for God. Those ones that would raise their hands. Say, God, I'm yours. You're mine. I love you, God. Well, that's different, man. Why do you do that? I'm over here, God. See me? Count me, God. Count me. When you're sitting at the lunch table and they're talking about something that you know is not pleasing to God... And you become, in 0.0007 of a second, you blend in with the lunch table. And God's looking to and fro. He's saying, man, I wish I had somebody in that workplace. 
And then there's another person that doesn't blend in. They're not a chameleon. And they say, God, here I am. I'm standing up for you. I'm standing up for your word. I'm standing up for what is right. But that's going to make me different than everybody else. That's the only thing that separates me from the other people. Do you understand that? The thing that makes me different is the only thing that makes me noticeable. Chameleon's not noticeable. You can't see a chameleon. You can't hear a chameleon's message. In fact, if you're in a party and everybody is there getting drunk, the only one that I'm going to notice is the one that isn't. Well, why is he not drinking? He's a Christian. So everybody was drinking and the one person there at the wedding reception wasn't. Why is he so different? says he's a Christian. All of a sudden, I have difference here. Do you understand that? There's something different about my walk. Everybody else gets mad and starts spewing profanity. How come I've never heard him cuss? says he's a Christian. Do you understand? There's one that's not a chameleon. There's one that has distinguishable features. A lot of people don't have any distinguishable features because they want to blend so well. Your blending with the culture is not what's going to win this culture. That's the lie that's been put on the churches. It's the lie that's been put on individuals is that if I'm just like them, then I can be among them and I can win them. I'd say, no, it's your differences where I look to and fro and realize that person is separated for me. That person is separated and he's obedient to my word and everybody else is just blending in with the culture. The Bible calls it the world. The Bible said the world was, is without God. The world is on its way to an eternity without God. And if we're going to blend in with that culture, God's going to look to and fro and he's not going to see anybody standing up for him. But God's calling people to stand up for him. Now there's some distinguishable characteristics with this chameleon. Number one is the one I've mentioned, that they change their colors and their, they blend with their environment really well. Okay. Second feature that's really fascinating about a chameleon is their eyeballs. And as you know, I don't randomly just tell characteristics of lizards unless it applies to something spiritual. So here's a definition of a Christian lizard. Okay. You know their eyeballs. Whoo! Amplification. I ought to put that by my chin more. Their eyeballs go 180 degrees and can focus separately. Did you know that? They can see all the way around them and they can focus separately. They don't have to focus two eyes on one thing. They can focus on one thing over here and one thing back here. And then they have the ability to focus and enlarge. Isn't that amazing? They can focus and enlarge. Focus and enlarge. And when they get a focal point, both eyes can go to that one thing. You say, well, wow. 
We have Christians with these powers. Their eyelids, uh, they have a closed upper and lower eyelid and the pupil's just enough to see out it. Amazing eyes. You say, well, man, what does that have to do with our chameleon here that's a Christian? Well, they have their eyes focused on two different worlds. You can't love the world, the Bible says, and love God. You can't be on one side of the fence and be on the other side of the fence. You can't serve God and serve the world. You say, well, what does that mean? That means that when you're in that environment, you're going to have a choice. Do I blend in with the world? Are you guys listening in the back? Do I blend in with the world, okay? When you go to school, what's going to happen? When you go to school, what's going to happen to you? You're going to have a choice. You're going to have a choice, church. I can't make that choice for you either. You're going to go to your work. You're going to go to school. And if your eyes are focused on the world and you love the world, you're going to behave like the world. You're going to behave like the world. And you say, well, man, what happens You're focused on two different things. And the Bible says you can't be focused on two different things. Either focused on God or you're focused on the world. Wherever your love is, that's how you're going to behave. You say, well, why do I keep behaving this way when I'm at work? Because the world is more important than God. Period. Your passion for the world and worldly things outweighs your passion for God. And church, it's a scary thing that Peter's talking about here. It's a very scary thing. In fact, you can come into church, and if your passion for the world and the things of this world is greater than your passion for God, you can't worship. You've got to put aside worldly passions to worship for God. In order to live for God, you have to love God more than you love this world. And it's a determining factor. But if you don't love God more than you love this world, if your eyeballs are focused over here, and your eyeballs are focused over here, and then you're trying to live for God, it's just not going to work. And there are a lot of Christians, that's what's happening. They come to church, and man, you look over at that wall there, and you're like, what is that? It's a yellow wall. No, I'm talking about that. There's a lizard on that wall. You know there are chameleons at church? There are chameleons at church. I've actually went into places where the business was all about a Christian business. Everything was, we're Christian, we're Christian business, it's in our name, and everything we do. So I think, man, this is a great place to, you know, do business with somebody. Walk in and it's like, bleep this, bleep that, bleep this. And I walk in and it's like, hey, I've seen that you have the scripture up on the, you know, your billboard. What does that mean? It's like, oh, praise God, man, we're Christians. We love the Lord. 
And uh, we're here to honor God in our business and everything we do. Do you see what happened there? 0.007 of a second. The color changed. Wow. As soon as we walked in the church here, 0.007. Church chameleon. Go to work. 0.007 of a second. Church chameleon. I'm changing right into the colors of, it's because those two eyes are just, (laughs) I want everything the world has for me. I want everything God has for me. I want to have it both ways. Focus in. Focus in. You see this little ground lion? He sees everything that's going on around him. He's got eyes on everything around him, but the one place he doesn't have any focus is God. Focus sees everything around him. He's a ground lion. He's a ground lion. He just, wherever he goes, he blends with the environment. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, So put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and all envy and all slander. And desire the pure milk so you will grow up in salvation. Indeed, all of you who have tasted that the Lord is good. You understand what he's saying? Put away all of these negative things and be real. Be real in your trust of the Lord. Be real in your walk with the Lord. Be real in everything you do. And then 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen race. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. You are the ones who are to proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do you see what he's trying to tell you? You have been called to be my lion. You're not a ground lion. You're not a carnal lion. You're not a lion that just looks around and sees what everybody's doing, you're a real lion. You're somebody that's been given authority. You're, being, you're somebody that is there for a purpose. And you say, I want to cloak myself. I don't want anybody to see me. I don't want to cause waves. I don't want to cause problems because I'm very fearful of all these predators. And God said, you are as bold as a lion. You're the king of the forest. Why are you holding back, church? Why are you scared? Why do you run when nobody chases you? Why are you afraid to speak up? Why are you afraid to proclaim the Lord? And God says the fact that you will not proclaim, the fact that you will not stand up, you are like a cloaked individual. You're going to have no influence on your family. You're going to have no influence on your workplace. You're going to have no influence in your church because you have been cloaked. Nobody can see you. The enemy has been able to tear off your ability to influence because you blend in everywhere you go. Now, it's really interesting with a... I was reading with a um, a chameleon. Now, sometimes we think with a chameleon... They only do the camouflage to stay away from predators. But I started studying this, and that's not the case. They do camouflage according to their environment for predators. 
But what they found out is they can change so quickly that they don't just do that all the time because they can change so fast and they see so much better than everybody else that they can actually change and blend themselves really fast before anybody ever sees them. Okay? But what they began to find out was one thing that they do is for environmental comfort. Do you know if your pigmentation of your skin is a little darker, you handle heat better? But if your pigmentation is lighter, you handle cold better. So they will actually engage the temperature of the room and to give them more comfort, they'll change. But that has nothing to do with a Christian lizard. Jesus said they hated me. They're probably not going to like you very much. So sometimes don't we do this? Sometimes as Christians, we always take the easy path. But we read our Bible and they didn't always take the easy path. They took the faithful path. And the faithful path is, I don't do what's comfortable. I do what's right. But this Christian lizard, he doesn't do that. He takes the comfortable path at all times. That means I don't want to change. I don't want to go against things. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. There's going to come a day in eternity we will wish we spoke up more. There will come a day in eternity. Just read the story of the man who who begged Jesus. He was in hellfire. And he begged Jesus, please go back. Send somebody to tell my brothers where I'm at. Do you think that there might be some regrets one day? That somebody didn't speak up more. But we're ground lions, Pastor. All we can do is blend in. All we can do is gauge the temperature and and adjust accordingly. God made you to be a lion. God made you to be bold. God made you to do the right thing. God made you to stand up for the right things. God made you to speak because you're distinguishable from every person on the face of this earth. God's called you to be as bold as a lion, but we're happy to be a ground lion. The third thing they do, and this one's really interesting, they begin to study chameleons and they do what's called social signaling. And I don't even know if I can find a place for this in a Christian life, what they do here, but... They found out it wasn't just camouflage, it wasn't just to make them comfortable, but they do a whole light show with each other. Like when, they, when a male sees another male, their color projects their attitude. Like, you can beat me, I'll give you a mild color. I'm going to dominate you, I'll give you a bright color. <laughs> I'm coming at you, I'm aggressive, here's another color. I'm moderately aggressive, here's another color. Uh, I'm low aggression. Here's another color. And when a female comes along, I'm interested. I'm mildly interested. I'm not interested. Do you understand social signaling? Man, I hope we're not ground lions. (laughs) We have this carnal nature within us. And if God doesn't change us and make us like a lion of the tribe of Judah, if you don't have his nature... 
we've got our nature. My nature is just like this poor little lizard. And if God doesn't change me every day and transform me every day, I'm going to send off social signals. I'm going to come into my workplace and whatever my mood is that day, that's the color I'm going to project. Whatever my um, confidence level is that day, that's what I'm going to project. Do you see that as a Christian, if I get up in the morning and I'm not praying for the boldness of the Holy Spirit in my life, if the line of the tribe of Judah, like that song said, is not shining through me, then I'm just a ground lion. I'm just a person that sends signals off of a lost, weak um, human being who is frail and sinful. And how many of you know all these things that we are? And you know, I'm going to project that every day in my behavior unless somehow God begins to change my heart every day and transform me. I'll be like this poor little chameleon sending off all these little mixed signals unless God somehow transforms me every day and makes me a lion. Praise the Lord. I put down types of chameleons. Revelation says this, Revelation 3, 15 and 16. It says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were either cold or hot, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth. You know, God wants us to be separated. God wants us to be the type of people that every day when we get up, every day when we get up, God has called us to be separated for Him, used for Him, made for a purpose, a holy purpose. Praise the Lord. So what does God call us to do in this verse? He calls us to be holy. In fact, you notice the verse starts that I read in chapter 2, verse 1 of 1 Peter. It says, so, put away all malice. By putting the word so on there, he's connecting it to the first chapter. He's saying, because of what I said in the previous verses, so, put away your malice, put away your hypocrisy, put away all these things that are on your back. So we've got to go back to the previous chapter and see what is it what he was he talking about when he tells us to put away all this hypocrisy. And you go down to verse 13, that's the first subtitle you find there as you go backwards. And it says, a call to be holy. I mean, no, God has called us as a church to be holy. And holy, regardless of your connotations that people will put in your head, holy is, I'm separated today for God. When I go to church, what am I going to do because I'm separated? To God, I'm going to worship God with all of my heart, my mind, and my soul because my life is separated to God. And every day when I get up, I want to be separated for God. You say, well, what does that mean? That I have perfection? It's not perfection. It means I'm set aside today for God's use. Not just me. It's God's use. So what's he say? Verse 13, it says this. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace 
to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you were living in ignorance. This is the first thing he says to do if you want to live a holy life. How many want to live a separated life? God, I want to be like you. Lord, I want you to live through me. I don't want you to uh, uh, let me live like this chameleon who just blends in. And he said, the first thing you have to do is you have to, you have to be willing to think differently. You notice he said, therefore your minds alert and sober uh, set your hope on the grace that was brought to you and Jesus Christ revealed it as coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. The first part of living separated is, I'm going to think differently. You say, man, this is easy. It's easy to think different. But here's the problem, it's not easy. Because you've thought the same way your whole life. In fact, when he says put away malice and deceit, he literally means get rid of it. You're thinking in the areas of malice and deceit. So what was our thinking in the area of malice? Well, I can't tell you how many times I've walked away from a situation and said, man, I'm going to really hurt him. I'm going to hurt him. And God's saying that the Christians in this scripture need to put that away and get rid of it. Deceit. What ways am I fooling myself and what ways am I fooling other people? Hypocrisy. What ways am I a hypocrite? Not that group of people that we called the hypocrite, but in what ways am I the hypocrite? And he's saying, I have to think differently now. So the first step of being set apart is I need to think differently. Well, how do I think differently? He said, quit thinking like you thought when you were in ignorance. So how did I think when I was in ignorance? I think you guys can fill in those blanks, can't you? All the ways I thought within myself that I should live my life, all those were a lie. And everything that God says is true. God said, let every man be a liar and let God be true. So now I've got to find out what does God think about these areas of my life? What does God think about malice, what God think about deceit, what, what does God think in these areas of my life? And so how do you do that? The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, it says that we are no longer to be conformed to the thinking of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind by this word. So every day I've got to get up and God has to transform my thinking, not conform my thinking. You know, the chameleon will go into a place and he will conform. That's exactly the definition of what a chameleon does. He conforms to everybody else's thinking. Some churches, they will conform to the way the whole world thinks. You know, if people walked into this church, there are a lot of people that are going to have certain issues that if I preach from the pulpit, like if I say that uh, pornography is evil, I'll have a few people that are upset. Then I'll say fornication. The Bible says that if you're fornicating, which means sex before marriage, that you can't inherit the kingdom of heaven. And boy, I'm not blending in at all now. 
I'm like, my whole chameleon status is gone. My color just changed dramatically. And they're like, well, wait a minute, you're one of those churches. And I say, well, yeah, an adultery. Well, that's wrong, and here's how we define adultery. And uncovering the nakedness is in the Bible. This is what this means, and that's where we come up with a lot of things about pornography. And then, and then oh, yeah, homosexuality, and that's a sin. God's very clear that, that it's a sin, and, and, and so we preach it, and we believe it, and, and we teach it to be destructive for every life. You say, well, wait a minute, let's just blend in. Let's be a chameleon church. You know, let's make sure when they walk in that they just, man, they, they're like, man, I match totally. Because what you're going to do is they're going to walk in and they're going to be a green lizard. And your church is going to be red. And they're going to like stand out. And I hate that. But we're not a chameleon church. You say, well, what about the areas of alcohol and drugs? And man, it's just everybody's like, oh, it's all so free right now. Drugs are great, man. Let's legalize them. It's wonderful. Let's just legalize all the drugs. I was just listening to a documentary, and I was uh, amazed. Do you know that um, the Nazis, 80% of the cocaine trade was the Nazis. They were uh, fascinated. Uh, in fact, the Nazis were totally opposed to, to the drugs. They wanted healthy people, healthy living, all that. And so the previous um, administration, it was a republic that was uh, struggling to survive. And, and, um, and anyway, Hitler came in and said, well, this, this culture is terrible. You know, there's too much freedom in this culture. And so they wanted to clean it up. They wanted healthy bodies, healthy Germans. They wanted to be an example to the world of how healthy they were. But all they did was took the drugs and made synthetics and began issuing to their soldiers, to the housewives, to the people. And they couldn't understand, man. The Germans were fast. I mean, it was blitzkrieg. They were going from one place to the next. And, you know, usually you could determine, well, how fast can an army march? You know, and, and whatever that speed was, these generals were shocked because the Germans were doing it much faster. <laughs> okay, they were so fast, nobody knew how they were doing it. And you know, that culture was so deeply involved in drug use through prescriptions. Science was their God. That they were giving soldiers 3.5 million doses of speed. And that's why they were moving so fast, and ultimately they believed that's why they were destroyed at the end, because three years of drug use, that military, they just crashed. And everywhere you see this epidemic of drugs, some of you are on the bandwagon, and you're like, man, I'm just blending in with the culture. Everybody's saying it. It must be true. But the Bible says in the last days there will be pharmacoi. Buy, sell, use drugs at an epidemic proportion. And so as a church, we don't believe in drugs. We say, well, man, you're going to stand out. You're a do-gooder that doesn't do drugs. You don't cuss. You don't drink. God's looking around to and fro. He's saying, who are my people? I don't see anybody because you're blending so well.
You're blending in at work. You're blending in at school. You even blend in at church. And God said, no, I'm looking for people that are set aside, separated to do my work. Not look like the world. To do my work and be called by my name, to be my holy priesthood, to be my called people. That's what God's calling us to, church. And I'm going to close with this. Worship team, if you'd come up. I did a terrible job on my notes. I always do. Yeah, verse 17, they called them to live differently. Verse 22, called them to love differently and called them to talk differently. Okay, that was what I was supposed to say. But in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, this is the words of Jesus, and it sums it up the best. You are the salt of the earth. If that salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But they put it on a stand so it will give light to all that are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. God wants us to shine like a light when we're at school, when we're at work, when we're out in public, when we're out at Walmart. You say, Walmart too? Can I just blend in at Walmart? I'm not talking about being obnoxious or abnormal. I'm talking about just being a Christian, just being a person who who lives the right way and, you know, behaves the right way and doesn't change in different environments. If you'd stand to your feet this morning. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I come before you, Lord, and um, Lord, I just pray that this message would reach every ear, Lord God. Father, please take me out of the way, Lord God. Father, let everybody hear it, Lord. Lord, that we would be careful, Lord, to hear the words of Peter, Lord. When he says that we should live the way you've called us to live, Lord God. Not to blend, but to be bold, Lord. Stand up for what is right in a world that clearly doesn't care. Give us the boldness to be your light, to be salt of the earth, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, Lord. Church, I just want you to really spend a few moments with the Lord. I'm going to let you... uh, Open your ears. That's another thing that I didn't mention. Chameleons have terrible hearing. Like really, noticeably terrible hearing. But I'm going to ask you just to pray. Move me out of the way. I can be terribly offensive. I understand that. My boys are probably very mad at me right now. That's okay. I love you. Be mad at me, but I do love you. 
I can be terribly offensive. I know that. I've got a lot of uh, earth lying in me. All right. But let the Lord talk to you for one song. That God examine my life, examine my motives, examine my behavior. Am I something one place and something else another place? Or am I always the same? Am I always living for you? Am I always um, bearing the marks of a person who's separated to God? Praise the Lord. in here you um, you know that your life is like I was talking about today man I'm a really good Christian when I'm around the Christians but there's really no difference in my life when I'm around non-Christians I'm just like they are there's no distinction whatsoever say no I know I need to get right with God God can help you we do is repent and say, God, I want to be like you at all times. I want to be a Christian all the day long. I want to give my heart to the Lord. If that's you, find me sometime today and I want to pray with you privately. I want to lead you to that relationship where we're real with God. Not playing a game. Not riding both sides of the fence. Not serving the world and serving God. But I'm fully in it with God. Close in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, right now. Father, I pray for every heart, Lord God. I pray your grace would strengthen them, Lord God, that your spirit would flow through them. The lion that is bold, that is you, Lord. Father, strengthen them. Put your spirit upon them. Father, do mighty things through them, Lord God. Give them the strength and the boldness that only comes from you, Lord. Bless this church, and I thank you for it, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen.